The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. It's 2023. It's The Real Money Show. Let's get started. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Correa. The website, guildhallwealth.com. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver And let's dig in. We've got a whole bunch of outlooks, Jerry. We've been listening to YouTube uh, interviews, checking out what's happening in uh, the gold sphere. And in particular, Peter Regan also put together a whole uh, slew of outlooks, grabbing them all together. And let's check in what the experts are thinking this year. And as well, we'll we'll do some color commentary along the way. How does that sound? We'll try. We'll try. Our very best. Um, Let's go. All right, are you number one? Are you ready for twenty twenty three? I think so, Jeremy. I think we um, saw a very exciting twenty twenty two unfold. A lot of events played out, and the momentum for twenty twenty three in precious metals is still intact. The trend is our friend, and it should be a very exciting and profitable year. Yeah, I was even checking out um, the World Gold Council's. Uh, outlook this morning. I didn't take extensive notes. I was more noting the fact that this is this is um, an entity that is always been so conservative in the market, right? You could have these amazing forecasts. They're always kind of really, really tampering those expectations. Mm-hmm. They were they were quite positive, quite positive on the geopolitical forces pushing things forward. Yeah, the World Gold Council, they did report that central banks obviously have been net buyers of gold since 2009. They mentioned that the central banks bought more gold through Q3 than any year since 1967. Ironically, a time the U.S. was on a gold standard at that time, the World Gold Council said that demand was primarily driven by a flight towards safer assets. So the trend, according to the World Gold Council, is a flight to safety. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of instability, uh, volatility, and this is the way to get out of and avoid that. So let's let's unpack that a little bit in terms of before getting to specific forecasts. What do we see as the reasons that, because all of these forecasts are pretty positive and, and they're going to be exciting for our listeners, what are some of the dynamics happening around the world globally, economically, that are going to be typically drivers for precious metals moving forward? So if we think about the fundamentals, for instance, what what factors do you see that could possibly be popping up, maybe generally or specifically? Well, as as our listeners know, I mean, this is this is our... Uh, 21st year in the business. Um, we've been on the radio doing this Real Money show since 2008. And we remained, we always talk about the four fundamentals, the four fun- fundamentals that we uh, discuss or are the pillars being money printing, inflation, geopolitics, and supply and demand. These are things that we always have to prepare for, or we have to keep an eye on, uh, because this is what impacts our business. The major one that that we had to keep an eye on was the money printing. And over the course of the last two years, Canada alone printed over 400% of its, of, of the balance sheet just expanded by over 400%. And this is not just the Canadian Central Bank. All central banks started to become money printers. The, uh, the, the Bank of Japan has continued this, and we're seeing the J- Bank of Japan print four days of consecutive bond buying. They're 
something is about to break. It seems like that in Japan right now. And as a result of that, prices start to move up. It's a result of the money printing, the excess currency that is in circulation. There's so much currency and not enough goods for the money to go into. So we're seeing prices rise and it's, a, it's, you know, it's waking people up. It's getting people very concerned. Um, and this is the and this is what this is the whole reason of a, of a having a gold standard. You have a peg on the amount of money that you can print, and we're seeing now that certain states in the U.S. are bringing up. You're you're hearing hints and talk and chatter about returning to a sound money uh, principle and a potential gold standard. So we're keeping an eye on that as well. I, I heard a couple of interviews. One with Jim Rogers. Uh, he's um, you know, was was a major hedge fund investor, and he uh, lives in Asia. I, I believe he's a billionaire. I've read a, a couple of his books, Hot Commodities being one of them, and uh, another interview with Peter Schiff, who wrote, um, uh, what was his uh, book called? Uh, the Coming Collapse, or um, that kind of thing, about, you know, how to protect yourself and just understanding basic economics and these things. And both of them were saying you don't really get rid of inflation till you really cut spending and slash spending. What's happening right now is they, you know, entities have, have created this currency out of nowhere. And how do you pay it down if you can't raise taxes and you're not cutting spending? You let inflation go. We know that they haven't raised rates to catch up to catch up to actual inflation. So the only way you're going to get it down is by on the backs of people paying it. Mm -hmm. And inflation is a tax a on tax. people. So. Um, this is one reason why precious metals will rise because it's a, a, a safety hedge. It's a flight to quality. When there's inflation, you want assets. You don't necessarily want things that are digital and you want to be able to see the value. And so there is a, a rush to assets in that sense. The other aspect is the supply and demand that you mentioned. I'd say the big theme that we saw last year in 2022 was the drawdown in inventory on the on the COMEX that uh, I think they lost over 100 million ounces off the COMEX, give or take. And where did it go? Who was buying that? Who had the ability to take delivery of all of that product? Because it was a pretty consistent drawdown of inventory. And as you mentioned, central banks have been buying like crazy. We'll see if that trend continues. I would assume that it will continue. And so that's put a major, major pressure on the supply side of things. And I would expect that demand is only going to increase as, as people realize the stock market can't double from here uh, under inflationary terms. Inflation gets passed on to customers. Everything gets more expensive. So companies are going to be struggling. Which companies will survive, et cetera? That's where this uncertainty comes from. And then, of course, you have the uh, geopolitical unrest the geopolitical aspect of things. When you see, for example, last year we saw sanctions put on Russia and other, other countries around the world said, well, are we going to be next? These type of geopolitical tensions, uh, and this was something also that Jim Rogers was talking about, you know, why are you spending money that you don't have? You should be suing for peace, mm -hmm. uh, figuring out a way to deal with people instead of spending money you don't have to fight them. And when you have sanctions... Who's going to be next? Does Turkey think they'll be next? 
Does mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia think they'll be next? And people start to look for alternatives and say, well, maybe I won't hold as many dollars. Maybe I won't hold treasuries. Maybe I won't hold bonds. Maybe we'll put it into gold because that's a, a place where we can set it and forget it and also use it internationally. I think another theme that we saw. So those are the, well, yeah. let's stick with the, the fundamentals. So those are some of the fundamental themes. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, the total de-dollarization and the move away from the U.S. dollar being used in trade um, to me is, is a, it's a huge eye-opener, not a very big surprise. When you kick a country off of using the, using its, um, using the SWIFT system, the very payment um, you know, platform that countries use to you know, transact and send money around the world, when you kick someone off that SWIFT system, I mean, that's economic warfare. And as a result, you 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 start uh, you start to divide, and you you see a clear divide between who the allies are, who your enemies are, and now we see that you know, the BRIC nations have moved together, they've banded together, and life has just gone on. They're they're trading, um, and you know even the, even the risk of you know the central bank digital currencies, for example. This is this is. An idea with the Agenda 2030, with the World Economic Forum, they really want to push this down to really control people with with the central bank digital currencies. But what we're seeing in in places like Nigeria, the central bank digital currency idea is actually failing there in Nigeria. So as they try to implement new ideas of how to transact, they're all failing. In uh, they have a currency, a central bank digital currency in Nigeria called the Naira, where Despite its its massive rollout, the people are just not using it. When trust is gone, you're not going to just rely on a central bank digital anything. It's going to be a tangible asset, one that's been used for thousands of years, one that's been trusted, and once once beyond borders, beyond classes, religions, and that asset, that money is gold. So, in some ways, when we're talking about geopolitical things that are going on, it's there's a top-down uncertainty that's happening. You have countries moving away from from using the dollar internationally. You have these entities that are trying to exert force and control on people, and will they accept it, or will they wake up to what's going on and not accept it like they did in Nigeria? And all of this is leading to more and more uncertainty. And so how do you protect against that? One of the way- safe harbors out there is physical gold, physical silver, which did quite well last year. Both gold and silver were up in every currency. I think the only thing was that gold was down 0.2% in U.S. dollars. So essentially unchanged in U.S. dollars and positive in all other currencies, silver positive in all other currencies due to that late late year rally, end of year rally. For those that want to get involved in physical precious metals, Guildhall is the perfect choice. We offer physical gold, physical silver, all LBMA-approved product. That means globally recognized brands that are all top quality and very easy to liquidate. And you can hold it directly, buy it, take it home. You can put it into a vault storage if you don't want to take care of that security side of things for yourself. Or you can even put it into a registered account like an RSP, TFSA, Lira, LIF, etc., RIF. And you can own actual physical precious metal that's stored in a Brinks vault outside the banking system but within a registered account. 
Give us a call, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. In the next segment, we're going to get to those predictions and outlooks for 2023, and you're going to love some of the numbers that you hear and, of course, the reasons why are very sound. Again, it's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. In the last segment, we talked about some of the fundamentals driving the market. And you know what was also remarkable, Jerry, last year is that we were in this U.S. dollar bull market from interest rates going up, up, up. And you being our dollar chart guy, uh, you you mentioned that it was hitting the top of the charts and that essentially it, it can't just keep going up, that there was going to be a pullback in the dollar eventually. But there we were in a U.S. dollar bull market. And I, I know that, um, you know, that's counterintuitive <laughs> because when you, when you, print all this currency, you would say, well, the dollar's got to be toast. But I guess if you print all this currency and then put it back into the dollar and dollar debt instruments, yep. it's going to push the price higher. But there it was. We had a dollar bull market, and yet gold and silver really hung in there. They took all the punches and ended up positive. And in many currencies, both gold and silver were up double digits. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. dollar, you, you printed all of that money in a very short period of time. Within two years, inflation breaks out. The Federal Reserve has to go and do their job and start raising interest rates. And, you know, too little, too late. The inflation's out the bag, and now they're doing way too little uh, right now. They're forecasted to do two potential rate hikes in, in, in this year, 2023. February 1st is the FOMC Fed meeting. They're scheduled to do a 25 basis point hike. Two 25 basis point hikes. That's 50 basis points for the rest of the year, Jeremy. <laughs> do, do you think so, this is? Do you think this is the year people people just say these guys don't know what they're doing? I better go buy gold. I mean, look at this. The, according to Bank of America, the annual return of the conventional 60 stock to 40 percent bond portfolio was the worst in the past 100 years. According to Morningstar, the average U.S. stock fund finished the year down roughly 17 percent with the average large value fund down six, and large growth funds down an average of nearly 30%, and the all-country world index, so the entire world, fell more than 20%, the worst since 2008. If you see that there's a chart circulating where we are right now and, and the trajectory, it, it's lockstep with the 2008 crisis, and we are pretty much at the, at the cusp there, so it's definitely waking up a lot of people what is this lockstep? The, the the trends for today, the stock market trends, is literally a mirrored image of 2008. The way that's moving, the trending, and it's trending downward right now. But there seems to be a cliff ahead, so we got to watch out for that, investors. Do you, Do you think that um, the that the COVID years was a black swan event that was in slow motion? Do you think that's something that we can we will look back on in the next couple of years as this unravel, unraveling happens and say that was the black swan event? Mm -hmm. Before before COVID, before the, the lockdowns, the overnight lending market was being ravaged. There was a, the Fed repo market. We're heading into the trillions. Something was about to break, and then boom! Let's get the money printing going. Let's get, let's print seven trillion. The money didn't go to you and I. 
We didn't go to the mom and pop shops. We had so many small businesses closed down. Inflation is out of the out of the you know out of the woodworks. Um, the money printing's going on. FTX uh, as well. The crypto hit happened. Um, you know, everything just started to seize up on everyone. It, it, you know what? I I love working with you. One of the things I love about working <laughs> with you is one of I ask about the black swan, and you go, Jeremy, come on. Look deeper, buddy. Look deeper. <laughs> Look before what was happening. It was already happening. Was, Yet you're right. Was it normal. was it was almost like there was an excuse to to flip up the board and say, "Ah, look, it's a it's a a panic. We've we've got it's a crisis. We've got to do what we need to do now. We don't have to worry about how bad we were losing in <laughs> in the game before." Um, that's one aspect. And then the other side of this that you were kind of just mentioning is where did this, uh, supposed money or currency go? You know, the, the U S passed this omnibus bill over a trillion dollars. And when you look back to what happened with FTX, as you just mentioned, you had this, uh, funneling of money going to Ukraine, putting it back into FTX and coming back into, um, uh, camp, uh, sending money, donations for campaigns. Politics, yeah. So where did it go? And you kind of you say, well, who can read the omnibus, omnibus, omnibus bill, right. uh, omnibus bill? Thank you. That was pages. Is that going to have another coffee? And um, yeah, thousand, four thousand pages or something like that. And and you say, well, you don't know where the money is. And you look at the regulators. They didn't regulate uh, FTX. And I was off. It wasn't. It wasn't Gary Gensler. It was another regulator that that um, Bankman Fried was whining and dining right. to look the other way. So you know the regulators aren't aren't watching. You've got the foxes taking care of the hen house. Yeah. And uh, so what do you do? Again, this comes back to you have to be your own central bank. Follow the smart money. They know what the deal is. If you had a central, if you had a printing press in your backyard, what would you be buying with it? Would you be buying equities or would you be buying real assets? You'd be saying, listen, I want to buy a yacht. Mm -hmm. I want to buy houses. I want to buy gold. I want to buy anything that's actually real because when this all disappears and the tide goes out, you're going to find out who's naked. You're going to find out who owned assets that were digital, right? who owned assets that were not actually owned by them. When we've seen massive moves up in the gold market and people decide, I, or panics rather, like we did in COVID, I, I want my gold. Okay, no problem. No problem. Not for AB and AMRO. They shut down a gold fund. They said, nope, you can't have your gold. We're, we're selling off the fund. You're lucky to get cash. I, I, I would imagine if we saw something like that again, they might just say, no redemptions. No, we're not cashing you out, just no redemptions. We've seen capital controls mm -hmm. all over the world. Again, we're talking about uncertainty. Mm -hmm. When the rules can change, when, when they could change the prospectus for, for example, SLV, the prospectus can change literally overnight without you even knowing. You're still a holder of this SLV uh, certificate, this electronically traded fund that's supposed to represent physical silver somewhere in the ether. Well, we know that the, the, the number of SLV shares is like 300 to 1, 300 shares for every one ounce of silver. I wonder why people are taking delivery out of these eligible and registered COMEX vault accounts, because they don't trust what is in that SLV. And I'll take that one step further, Jerry. Please do. China, so, you know, you're starting to hear about the fact that in, you know, they're opening up. They have right. crazy lockdowns. Um, you probably saw that image of of all of these uh, people in China running to get um, tested so that they can keep their green pass 
So that right, it, it it's nuts over there now. They're opening up again. Well, what happened here when after lockdowns, and and when you have government tyranny, people say I I got to get my gold. That's right. So I would imagine as well another run to watch what happens in China because they're going to be out to buy gold there. The mm. public, not just institutions, but the public yeah, are going to be looking right. to do that too. So I think you're going to have uh, some uh, a lot of demand there as well. For us, you can buy it pretty easily. You can just go to the e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com and pick up some gold and silver. You can even put it in an RSP TFSA. That's going to be coming up soon. We should talk a lot about that because, you know, having been in the precious in the registered account game now for um, what is about six years, mm-hmm. um, you gain a lot of perspective from talking with people every single day with yeah. their portfolios and understanding how these portfolios work and what the benefits are. Um, so we're going to, we're going to talk about that a little bit yeah, more, should. but you should definitely give us a call we're, we're we've just shown you so far, all of the uncertainties out there, all of the spinning plates that could fall to the ground. And how are you going to protect yourself and not just protect yourself, but let's look at the outlooks. Once you understand the game, once you're awake to what's actually happening, you can't sit there and just say, Oh, I'll just watch CNBC to go. Everything's great. Everything's great. Oh, we're going higher. Oh, you should buy the dip. No, no, no. Once you really know what's going on, like what you said, Jerry, they, they were already in trouble in 2018. I remember we talked about zombie companies lucky to be getting along because of zero interest rates. Mm-hmm. Something's going to drop. Yeah. You know, uh, these companies are going to drop. They've got debts they, they've got to pay for. So once you know what's going on and you can see where this, go- this is going with gold prices and silver prices, you got to get excited. And I know these are tough times, but you can also be excited during tough times. Tough times are where opportunities are created. 100%. And this is the opportunity, I believe, of a lifetime. We have a, a massive setup in physical precious metals, in gold, in silver, even in natural fancy color diamonds, because they're going to let inflation go, Jeremy. The market is pricing in a Fed pivot, a, a Fed pause. And when the Federal Reserve fails at doing their job, gold and silver is that hedge against that. Gold and silver is that hedge. And, but they're not going to just pivot. They're going to keep raising interest rates until something breaks. And when something breaks, that's when silver and gold break out. But they're going to so but they're going to do it like Jenga style. Where <laughs> where where they they're going to raise them they're going to raise them very tentatively. If you've watched those like water games that people play, they're going to do it tentatively. They're going to instead of 75, it's going to be 50 a quarter. <laughs> A ten. A ten. <laughs> You're gonna be like, well, we gotta look like we're still doing Meanwhile, something. Meanwhile, the but... inferno's still going. The prices are still rising. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but no. it does. And you know what does make sense is, you know, converting out of the paper fiat currency. Convert out of every major currency. It doesn't matter if you're in Swiss franc. If it doesn't matter if you're in pound. They're all moving down at an average pace of ten percent per year versus gold and or silver. And yep, as I mentioned before, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Okay, so let's get into some outlooks, okay? So the, uh, Phil Striebel was on Kitco. He's the chief marketing uh, market strategist at Blue Line Futures. He was um, not quite 
I wouldn't say bearish on gold, but he was pretty conservative on gold. But he was pretty excited about silver, saying that essentially it could get to $35 an ounce, which is more than a 50% gain from here. All right. Um, he didn't necessarily say it would stay at 35 but that it could get to 35 this year. Now, that's not uh, the biggest outlook that we have, but it's an interesting one because it, it touches on the idea of this breaking $30 in silver. Can we break thirty dollars in silver? We've tr we've done it a couple times, but it seems that that's the major of level of resistance. Wouldn't you agree, there, Jerry? Yeah, that's definitely an area of resistance, and I believe once uh, we just got to keep an eye on the U.S. dollar index as we continue to go back to the U.S. dollar index because that is the mover for precious metals. We remember gold and silver move in the opposite direction of that U.S. dollar index, and. You know, this week was FOMC. We saw the U.S. dollar had one day of moving moving higher and attempting to break out higher above 105. It failed today, back under 104, 103 we're sitting at today. And once we breach that psychological floor of 100, that'll be the, you know, that'll be the, you know, the cliff that the U.S. dollar index will fall fall down into and then precious metals will break out. So one factor being what could drive silver up over the $30 mark is is a fall in the US dollar amongst other things. But definitely, um, you know, we had a big move in, in silver before the end of the year where it did get above $20. We really needed to see that off the bottom and then we got above 24. I would assume once we get into the 28, high 28 range, it's gonna get, it's, there's gonna be a lot percolating in the market and, and eyebrows being raised on what's going on and uh, all eyes on silver at that point and you probably see a bunch of people jump in on, on the momentum of that and that could be what pushes us over and combined with some events pushing as well. But you know, I, I heard something, um, in one of these interview outlook interviews and forecasts they that were mentioning that before Russia and Ukraine got started gold and silver were already well on the rise last year uh, they kind of had a little spike because of that what was going on but they were already making their moves they didn't need they didn't need an additional event to do it and that's a huge takeaway as we go to break here Gold and silver don't need a massive event to drive them higher than here. It's all baked in the cake. Mm -hmm. So how baked in the cake is it? You know, Phil Striebel says, yeah, $35 an ounce on silver. We could easily go up 50% in silver. If you haven't allocated yet, this is a time to at least get started. Even if you want to go for a crawl and just get, you know, a few maples in your hand or uh, a couple hundred ounces and, and, Hold it in your hand, see how that feels, and take it home, and and start start your your journey on on holding physical precious metals, knowing that it could go to as much to thirty five dollars an ounce, knowing that there could be a fifty percent gain. Time to take a look at your portfolio and say, have I allocated fifteen percent to precious metals? This is the time to think about it because if we could get something like a fifty percent gain here, Jerry. That's pretty exciting in an environment that's so uncertain and we're, uh, many people are saying we're already in a recession. The number 18778silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. Hold it in a, in a vault. Take it home. Put it in your registered account. These are the best ways to do it. We are the experts when it comes to holding physical precious metals in registered accounts. Give us a call. Email us. We'll show you how it all works. This is The Real Money Show on AM640. Lots more on the outlooks. You're going to be excited. Stick with us. 
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And we're back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com if you want to get involved in the market and have some physical precious metals on your own or you want to have some gold just like the central banks are acquiring gold i mean if they're doing it why are they doing it they're it's not it's they're obviously not doing it because gold's a relic right jerry obviously not this is a very um important asset class that they've always known jp morgan said everything is credit and the only thing is money is gold so and, and jp morgan today jeremy came out and, and um the chief U.S. economist warns of job losses and higher employment ahead. We are expecting the economy to slip into a recession. So this is this is the, their chief, the Wall Street Bank's chief U.S. economist, Michael Faroli, expects the Fed uh, to pretty much destroy demand. And he says that he doesn't think it's going to be a very happy year in stocks. So recession around the corner. You don't want to be in the stock market, says J.P. Morgan's U.S. chief economist. Be your own pivot and think about change, making some changes if you haven't already allocated 10, 15% physical gold into a portfolio. For many people, that's just a start. But as we've talked about on this show many occasions, the Abits and Associate report talked about allocating 10, 15% of precious metals into a portfolio. And look, gold over the last 15 years in Canadian dollars has had two down years. That's it. Two down years. One was only 2%. Mm -hmm. That's it. Single digit. So that's the type of asset that you want to see. That's, that's that, stable. Now, you would think that gold was volatile, but that is not the case at all. And if we're happy to show everyone that chart, that's my favorite chart. Mm -hmm. And you can go to goldprice.org and look at it yourself. Yeah. But the gains are there. You know, over a 20-year period, gold's up over 350%. Speaking of going up in gold market... Uh, Gary Wagner was on Wall Street Silver, and uh, he is the editor-in-chief of thegoldforecast.com. He also did an interview with Kitco in the last couple of weeks because um, he's a forecast guy, and so who better to have for your outlook of 2023? In short order, he thinks uh, gold could easily get to $2,250 an ounce to as much as $2,400 an ounce, Jerry. And if you look at what that could do to the price of silver, just speaking of ratios, if you got to $2,400 an ounce, even at like a 75 to 1 ratio, that's assuming that as gold goes up, the ratio doesn't narrow, mm -hmm. which is not the case. No. As, bo as both markets rise, silver is a smaller market and plays catch up. And so always that, that ratio narrows. But even if it were to just go to 75, we're looking at the same prices that Phil Striebel was looking at, $35 an ounce. Mm -hmm. Now, we've talked about the reasons. If Gary Wagner thinks that gold could go to $2,400 an ounce, Jerry, do you think that that's a conservative outlook? Or would you say that that's a pretty positive outlook? It's positive. It's conservative at the same time. Okay, why is that? Uh, you know, it doesn't really. I, I'm a chartist as well. I like to, you know, compare the fundamentals to the charts, and the charts don't really point to 24. But I'll let you carry on with this. With okay, this because because you know, I would say, hey, come on, 
you know, someone would say, listen, this guy's a gold forecaster. True. He's always going to be excited about where the, the market's going to go. He's and gold bugs. even though he's a chartist too, and he's looking at it and he's saying, look, I, I think it could go to 24. Saxo Bank says gold could go to 3,000. So if, if Saxo Bank, banks are always going to be conservative. Even Saxo Bank says gold could go to $3,000 an ounce this year. $3,000 an ounce. I haven't done the ratios on that in terms of what that could do for silver, but um, you know, for gold to go from eighteen thirty to three thousand, that's a massive move in the gold market. That's one of those years you get in the market, which comes from time to time. You get those massive moves up, and you've talked about that actually before with silver. That every every few years you get a massive breakout move in silver. Mm -hmm. uh, going back since the seventies, Jeremy. Uh, silver on average peaks every three and a half years and coming from Dow gold uh, Dow gold equals one uh, he is a chartist as well and he pulled out a massive 100 year silver chart a clear cup and handle where you see the handle bottoming so this chart pattern looks exactly like it sounds it's a teacup and it's a trend that goes on for decades and where he points out, once the handle bottomed, the price went from $1.30 to $48 very quickly. That's 37 times quickly because that happened in a matter of only eight years. And he writes a similar move can happen between 2020 and 2028. So I do believe that 2023 will be a very good year in silver. But, but it's going to be that breakout year like similar to this where you had a 37-time gain, which would put silver resulting at $400 per ounce U.S. Uh, okay, easy, easy. That's what I see, <laughs> and that's what I believe, and this is why I truly believe that. You know, A lot of investors today are concerned about real estate. Can I potentially buy real estate? I don't see it. Visualize it. If you look back at, uh, at this particular chart, Jeremy, this was another awesome... Oh. Uh, wait, just, just before we, we, sure, we move on, yeah. I, I'd like to just share with the audience, Jerry has basically brought out a binder of his <laughs> past charts. He's got them all laid out on, on the uh, table here, and it, it's, it's quite impressive. Yeah, don't take my word for it. I have a binder of data here in front of you. Put me to the test. But anyways, back in two, 1980, it took a total of 2,052 ounces of physical silver to buy a house. In 2011, it was 5,000 ounces. And then again... Today, I believe if you do buy 2,000 ounces, which is roughly $70,000 worth of precious metals or silver specifically, you will be able to afford that house. You will be able to af afford paying off the house mortgage-free, debt-free, and that is freedom from you know, the, the banking system and, their, and, their, and the claws of the financial world. Over the next couple of years, we're looking at an incredible opportunity to take advantage of the uncertainty that's out there in the market right now. A lot of markets have had their run, they've had their day, they've had their spot in the sunshine. We're looking at the reasons today for, be, for holding physical gold and silver over the next several years, which have already done quite well, but just looking at some of these forecasts to $2,400 gold or $3,000 gold, what it could do to silver, very, very exciting. Now, if you thought those were good outlooks, Wait for the next segment, 
because we've got some really good outlooks coming up next. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. It's The Real Money Show, the number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Man, we've been flying through some forecasts, and we've seen numbers like $35 an ounce on silver. We've seen numbers like twenty two fifty on gold. Uh, the worst one I saw something, Jerry, was something like Bank of America says $2,000 an ounce on gold at some point this year, which is still, you know, you saw? Yeah, $170 up from where we are today, which is not bad. It's not bad. But now... Let's go for the fireworks. Let's go. You've, you've hung in there throughout the show. You've listened to our reasons to be involved in precious metals. You've listened to some forecasts on the precious metals, the type of money that could be made in precious metals. You know, if silver goes to $35 an ounce, that's a 50% gain in a, in, a, in a market that has a lot of volatility and a lot of uncertainty out there. Well, listen to this prediction. How about, how about $4,000 an ounce gold this year, Jerry? That comes from Jörg Kiner, who's the Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Swiss Asia Capital. How do you like them apples? $4,000 an ounce gold. Can we do it? Decent. Of course. I believe we can, we can do that. We have uh, a central bank failing right now. We have never seen a central bank fail this way. When you have the federal interest payments coming to exceed the military budget, and now the cost to service the interest on the debt um, exceeding the revenue, you have a central bank that's actually failing at their job. And when we see that stagflation, and when you see the interest rate cuts that are that are about to happen, that's a central bank failure. So you, you think it's tabled? You think it's going to happen? You think there's there? You still believe in the pivot? Well, you can't have a central bank losing money. This is the very entity that prints the money that's supposed to s- s- create stability. That's true. It's I, actually I, the source of all of the uncertainty and the instability. It's true. So I saw that right chart. Questioning. I saw a chart Craig Hempke put out about what the expenditures at the Fed, and it's pretty uh, drastic in terms of the uptick in, in spending on, on the, the Federal Reserve at this point. Yeah. So it's either, you know, the, the funding that's we, – we often say that the – or we're, they're telling us that the quantitative easing is finished, that they've stopped – doing the overt <clears throat> money printing, but the printing press is still going. They're sending 45 billion to Ukraine almost every other week. The money's going there without any accountability over there whatsoever. I don't care what, what anyone says, there's no accountability. The money's funneling back into the United States somehow. Yeah. And we, we saw this through FTX. So, you know, 4,000 going back to that forecast, Pretty conservative, Jeremy. Pretty conservative. Okay. Well, um, listen, 4000 is is about as high as I saw, but Robert Kiyosaki last Thursday tweeted out that gold's going to $3,800 in 2023, and he predicts silver going to $75, which isn't that crazy if you're looking at $3,000 an ounce gold and you get to something like um 45 to 1 ratio remember in 2011 we hit a 35 to 1 ratio when gold hit 50 and silver uh sorry when silver hit 50 and gold topped out over two thousand dollars we came down to a 35 to 1 ratio now that's not 16 to 1 which is the holy grail 
but 35 to 1 was pretty good knowing that in 2008 we hit 80 to 1. We've been in the 80 to 1, 78 to 1 range for quite a long time, which is which for those that don't follow the ratio, what it's signaling is just how undervalued gold is and silver because when gold is down, silver's further down because everything that happens in gold is amplified in silver and so when you have a high ratio, it's just saying that silver is that much undervalued. And when something's that much undervalued, it is on sale. Mm -hmm. You want to be acquiring something that's on sale and not something that is already overpriced and falling. Mm -hmm. So 75, I mean, look, again, silver, gold goes to $3,000 an ounce. You get down to like a 45 to 1 ratio and you're into those ranges. As well, one of the things, as someone who's been in the market for a little while, guys, when you break through $30, $30 an ounce, you run the risk of the authorities, quote unquote, not being able to stop the run. That's what happened in 2010 and 11. They, they, they lost control of the market. What happened in 1980? They lost control of the market. It went from 50 to uh, five to $50 in 90 days. So when it happens, it can happen really, really quick. Mm -hmm. So when we say it's better to be a month early than a day late, this is why you want to dip a toe in the water and start to understand how this market works. Absolutely. Um, maybe go a little bit further than a toe once you've got a, a feel for the temperature of the water. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do think, I think that in the last few years, we've seen a number of Canadians. I think the business has grown about three to four times um, the amount of people that you know, for the first time buying, buying physical precious metals and doing it in their RSPs, for example. This is a most common way we're approaching RSP season, and we want to just address that a little bit because investors are are not sure how to plan the next five years. And if you have a plan, uh, uh, if you're looking and you're hearing things like stagflation, there is nothing that you can put in your portfolio that can quell the losses besides physical gold, besides physical silver. As your number one, it's wealth. It's a wealth protector. You want to safeguard what you have grown over the course of however long you've been investing. Safeguard that wealth. It's the ultimate wealth insurance. But then you're going to be positioned for the next five years for growth. My, my forecast of 800 silver, and that's not going to happen right away. But like you said, it happens really quickly because overall the entire global financial market is, is literally 200, over $200 trillion worth. And it just takes 1% of that population to get to dip a toe, as you said, into silver to wipe out all silver inventories. So the silver squeeze is on. We saw, you know, still less than 1% of Canadians own gold, but we saw a massive run, a massive, huge demand. And so uh, the supply shortages that we saw over the course of the last two years was immense. We couldn't keep up. We were trying to, you know, corner people's concerns and say, yeah, we're going to get it in a couple days or it's going to take a week, but we ended up getting it. You want to deal with a professional like Guildhall Wealth Management. We are your RSP precious metal specialists. And to get physical gold and silver is one thing, but to do it the right way and hold it entirely outside of the financial system is key. And you owe it to yourself to look into it, have a five-year plan in physical gold and silver, and you will not be disappointed. This is the time. It's it's happening. All of the factors, all of the fundamentals are in play. You've seen and heard about the outlooks for this year. As much could be four thousand dollars gold. Hey, listen, I'd be happy with twenty two fifty. That would be amazing. Get up over thirty dollars silver. That would be amazing. Then we can kind of go to la la land. But hey, listen, that's what these outlooks are for. These are about understanding the potential. 
Give us a call. Get involved in the physical market. Hold it directly. Go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You want to find out about RSPs, come to guildhallwealth.com. Give us a call. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver Welcome to 2023. We're excited here at Guildhall. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to speak to you next week on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.